Blog Talk Radio. Welcome fans, welcome fans to another edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, Neek, my main man, Mr. C. What is going on? Nothing that much, nothing much, Neek. I know we in the midst of that March Madness, that uh, college basketball going on right now. And you know what? I don't give a damn. I don't care because I ain't watched a minute of basketball all year. But you know what? I'm ready to talk about some football, even if it is off season. Yes, 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 indeed. And like I said, man, you know, I love March. You know, my birthday is next Friday, getting up there another year wiser. You know, hey, some people, y'all come at me like, man, you getting old. No, I'm not. I'm not getting old at all, man. Just because you see the gray hairs, I'm actually wiser, man, and more mature. So, Hey, I'm I'm blessed to be alive. And then, like you just said, man, this is March Madness. Get your brackets filled out. I know you probably don't have them filled out, Chuck, because, you know, you haven't watched basketball. And I feel you because I don't really watch college basketball like that. But March Madness time, man, I'm all on it, man. I can't wait, man. Got my brackets filled out. Did about five or six of them. I also did the Warren Buffett one where, you know, Warren Buffett came out with the announcement saying that. Um, he will give a million dollars to the person that has the perfect bracket, and he will give you a million dollars to you the rest of your life. But hey, that's almost man, impossible to well, do. You, you might, yeah, you might as well play the regular <laughs> lottery, man. Ain't, ain't nobody gonna hit that. Hey, but guess what? It's free though. So hey, yeah, I feel right, like yeah. I, I think there's a, a, a limit. I think you can only do three or four or something like that of those brackets. But man, it sure would be nice, man. It sure would. But anyway. Fans, tonight's show, we're going to recap the first week of the NFL free agency um, that started actually uh, on the 9th, and there's been a lot of moves that's been made. Chuck, you know, I got to hit you with a lot of questions tonight, man. I got to get to take on a lot of these signings, man. And and um, But, Chuck, I, I just want to say this, man. I love the era that we grew up in because we're 80s babies. But sometimes, man, after just looking at what's going on in this NFL free agency period and, and seeing these brothers getting paid, I'm talking about getting paid. And I'm not hating. I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hand. I'm not one of them guys, man. I mean, hey, I'm all about you getting your money, man. I clap for you. I'm happy for you. Get your money, man. Get your money, man. But you know what, though, Chuck? I, I, sometimes I just think and say, damn, man, I kind of wish I was born in the 90s, man, because the way they just giving out money <laughs> – I mean, they just giving out money to some bums, man. Some straight, 
some straight man busting. And they getting paid. And we talking about guys like Matt Khalil coming off one of the worst careers ever, man. He was basically the main problem on that Minnesota Vikings offensive line. And guess what? He goes out and get $25 million guaranteed, you know, to go play with his brother. So it's like Christmas for him. He got the two-for-one deal. Get to go play with his brother in Carolina, and he got $25 million. So stuff like that just makes me just say, damn, man, I wish I was playing in this air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, they getting money. You know, people out there getting money. Bums getting money. Uh, it seems like everybody getting money. And uh, But you know what? The NFL is getting money. Like, the NFL is at its peak in terms of popularity right now. We, you know, we've always spoke on that the NFL has many, many, many problems, and a lot of those problems are self-inflicted. But when you have, like, we rolling in so much dough, like the NFL Players Association, even though I be getting on them and saying they ain't really doing their job like that, you know what? They making sure their players get a piece of the pie, even if their players are treated like, I ain't going to say slaves because that's too strong of a word, but they treat like uh, – something indentured service or something when they tell you how you dress how you how you should act how you talk uh you get fined for this you can't you hit you know you get fined for that you got the wrong, wrong shoes on you know you can't say this you can't say that or whatever but you know what they don't care they'll endure with that because at the end of the day they're getting them paychecks just like you said and as everyone knows nfl stands for not for long so they're gonna get in there and try to get the money they can why they can because they know it won't be a long thing, so they just suck it up. It's like when you in school. You know school sucks. A high school, you know high school sucks. But it's only four years, so suck it up mm-hmm. and go out there and get your and get your high school diploma. Uh, but you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with GED. We know a lot of our fans out there with their GEDs and all that other stuff. But point is, get in, suck it up for a while, get what you get, get what you came there for, and get out. And that's what a lot of players do today. Yes, there's a lot of players getting overpaid, but the NFL got to spend that money somewhere. All that bank, yeah. you know, they can't be Scrooge McDuck and have all their pennies in a uh, in a 14 story vault. They got to mm-hmm. spend that money. So you know what? They they pay them out. The bums getting paid. Bums get paid. You know, they they helping the economy. You know, so they they ain't gonna be on the street begging for quarters. <laughs> And the thing of it is, fans, you have to keep in mind that when you look at your team or you don't have to look at your team, but a fan of your team or or just other other players getting signed to other teams, keep in mind that when you look at these contracts that are be given out, the main thing to pay attention to is the guaranteed money. That's it, that guaranteed money. I know some fans are like, damn, he signed a six-year, $70 million deal. What the hell? Well, yeah, that's what it says. That's what it's on paper. That's the contract. But what is the guaranteed money? So you want to look for that. You see 15, 16 million of that or 24, 25, or 30 million, whatever. That's what the player's getting. And sometimes a lot of these contracts are spread out over the uh, years. So you can see a player getting 8 million up front and then he'll get 4 million next year. And then the third year, if he's on that team, um, you know, he'll get the uh, remaining of that. Um, now, they guarantee money. So, um, a lot of these general managers are actually smart. That's why I love Rachel McKenzie, my Oakland Raiders general manager, because what he, do, the, what he does with a lot of these players that he brings in, especially like Corderell Patterson, the kick return wide receiver, ex-Minnesota Viking. When I saw that contract, I said, damn, 
two years, $5 million, okay, but basically what it is, man, it ends up being a one-year deal. Um, it can void out to being a one-year deal, um, so he's actually only getting, I think it's four or five million just for the one year, so I was just like, whoa, okay, I'm just making sure, you know, it doesn't hinder our salary cap, but that's why I like about Reggie McKenzie, you know, he front loads these deals. Um, he's making sure it doesn't hinder um, his team, uh, the Raiders team, uh, salary cap for the near future. So I like that being done. And there's a lot of the general managers that are starting to do that as well. They're actually being smart um, because we know that there's a lot of these contracts they're giving out to some of these guys who don't produce. And it will put your team in salary cap purgatory for years. <laughs> And uh, we already know my old Raiders, man, Al Davis used to do that for to us for years, and I used to couldn't stand that crap, man. You know, uh, Javon Walker getting $60 million, you know, that crap like that. I'm like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just pay attention to that, fans. But anyway, Chuck, before we get started, man, I know you kept up with this free agency period as well, but there's one team out there that they just ain't playing fair, and that's the New England Patriots, man. You know, they just coming off the Super Bowl, and a lot of, you know, there's actually a lot of uh, uh, teams and fans are sitting there thinking, like, oh, what the Patriots going to do? We already know they're probably going to try to accumulate more draft picks because we already know Bill Belichick loves his draft picks, you know? So we didn't really expect him to be a, a player in this uh, free agency market this year. But, man, Bill Belichick, the legend, he comes out and shocks the world and makes a trade for Brandon Cooks gives up the first and a third and a fourth round for him. And then on top of that, you know, there was talk about, oh, they're probably going to lose their their best uh, defensive player and uh, Dante Hightower. And guess what? He re-ups with them today. And then on top of that, uh, there was talk about, oh, okay, uh, maybe the Patriots might go out and get another corner or they might make a trade with the Saints, acquire some more picks and trading Malcolm Butler. But the Patriots go out there and shock the world and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and sign Stephon Gilmore. And they, they're they going to pay him an, on an average of $14 million a year. I'm I'm curious to see how long that's going to last. Probably just, they probably just do it $14 million just for this year. And the next year they probably trade his ass as well. But it's just crazy what these Patriots are doing. And then yesterday an ex-Bingo player, Rex Burkhead, signs with the Patriots. And you're going to touch on him in a second. But, man, Chuck, what is up with these Patriots, man? Is it the rich getting richer? I mean, do you, are you loving what this uh, 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 what this team is doing, Bill Belichick and them doing? Come, or come on, Nick. How do you, you act like this, you, man? Come on, Nick. You act like you shocked or something. They do this, they do this type of stuff every year. Yeah, they, they're a little bit more active this year, but they do this type of stuff every year. I mean, this, they're a machine. You know what? In New England, they have a system. That's why – as as great as it would be to be a Patriots fan in terms of all the victories, all the wins and celebrations you get with doing nothing other than saying that's my team, you're not actually going out there and playing. But the fact you get those victories year in, year out, all these Super Bowls, all this great stuff. The thing about being a Patriots fan is you can't get too hyped during a draft because the Patriots, they don't go out there and get those uh, well, they always drafted at the end of the first round. So those marquee elite players are already gone. They can't even sniff them because they're already picking 28 or later, like, you know, which is a good thing to have because that means you, you made it pretty far in the playoffs or you won the Super Bowl as they did last year. Um, 
And so you're not going to go out there and get that uh, uh, that Reggie White type player, that elite, you know, that everybody just hyped on. Oh, he ran a 4-1-7 at the NFL Combine. Oh, he's first overall pick. You're not going to get those players. Players you're going to get, you're going to get Patriot players that fit into the Patriots system. And that's what they're doing. And occasionally in free agency, they make a splash and bring in a big talent like a Randy Moss um, or like, you know, this year they, they traded for Brandon Cooks, which is I, I nobody saw that coming. And um, so this is what they do. They're a machine. They changed it up a little bit this year. So that means next year I, they're the favorites, man. Like I always say that the defending Super Bowl champions are always going to be favorites until somebody beat them. But New England, they more than just what's written on paper. That oh, they 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 the paper champions. No, they're gonna be legit next year, man. And they got Tom Brady some more we- weapons. I mean Rex Burkhead. You would think oh he's so similar to the running backs they already got in the backfield. He's just like a a James White or you know or whoever the other dude they got back there. But Rex Burkhead, he's a great player, man. He uh. You know, he didn't get much opportunity in Cincinnati because we had Jeremy Hill and Gio in front of him. Uh, But when Gio went out last year with ACL, and I think Jeremy Hill also got injured, you know, just had more of a limited role towards the end of the season, Rex Burkhead came out there and balled for us. And until he got his opportunity on the field as a starter, before then, he was doing this. He was one of our best special teams players. So not only did the Patriots get a versatile running back, and the mold of the running backs they already have that they produce that they've been producing with, but they got a guy that can contribute on special teams. It's going to be a great special teams uh, player. Uh, so this is what the Patriots do year in year out. Nope, they they got a cheat code or something. They ain't playing fair, Nick, but they ain't been playing fair for years. So this ain't nothing. This ain't nothing new. This year it just I don't know. It just seems like it got a little bit more spice, a little more spice to it. Um, in terms of the moves they've been making, and they seem to be a little bit more aggressive, especially trading away uh, first moves, the first, the third, or the fifth, or however, whatever they trade away for Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. You know what? They got they got a hell of a player, man. And uh, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Tom Brady always smiling. Tom Brady ain't got no reason in the world to ever, you know, barring any health issues or anybody passing away or anything like that. He has not one reason to ever be sad because that, <laughs> yeah. that dude, I, I mean, that dude is living that life that people, that people should envy or that a lot of people envy and things just got better for him. Things just keep getting better for him. And uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to see what the Patriots do in this draft because this draft, because this is the Patriots type of draft. It is so much freaking talent up and down at every position except quarterback. There's some talent, but very. I, I'm not impressed with any quarterback. But every other freaking stinking position in this draft, I think is loaded with talent. Yes, you can say the office, uh, office alignment out there like that. But I think it's some. I think <sighs> office alignment can be built. You know, not offensive linemen can be built. So you find the right guy with the right motivations, get him in that, get him in that, uh, get him in the weight room, uh, you know, work on them drills, work on them feet drills, work on them pass blockers drills, and you could build an offensive lineman. So I ain't worried about the fact everybody talking about, oh, it, it, off, you know, ain't, ain't no lineman really in this draft except a couple of people. No, a lineman can be built. You, you find the right guy later in the draft, you could build him into an excellent starter. And see, Chuck, that's where I was about to segue into is that, 
I got to ask you this, man, because this free agency, well, hold on, hold on, before I say that, is it really that bad, man, Chuck, with these offensive linemen in this draft? Because no. we already know, no. we already know, man. You was you was one of the best offensive linemen in the state of Ohio back in our playing day back in the day. But you you the lineman know about expert. That. Now, now you was a man, you was a man. But let's put it like this: you 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 the lineman expert. But so many analysts are sitting here and saying that this is the worst, one of the all time worst drafts for offensive linemen. So because the reason I'm going to say this, I'm going with this, yeah, what I'm saying with this is that. When you look at this free agency period, man, all these offensive tackles who got bolo money, and most of these guys, they hail from this place. He hails from the overation nation. Yeah, you got all these linemen hailing from the overation nation. Way too many of them. I'm talking about Russell Cone getting over $20 million. Your boy Kevin Beecham getting $8 million for one year. Your boy Luke Jokel getting one getting one year deals for $8 million in Seattle. So is it the fact that these organizations, the NFL teams, is it the fact that they're scared to draft one of these linemen so they feel like they need to go out and get a veteran, an experienced veteran, and overpay for him instead of trying to develop one of these young guys? I mean, what's your take on this draft, man, with these linemen? I think it's a combination. I don't think it's that simple as being black and white. I think it's, it's gray in there that, yeah, some teams are out there looking at this draft like, oh, we ain't got nobody, you know, you know, nobody really impresses us. Nobody really stands out to us except for a couple people, you know, that dude Ryan from uh, Wisconsin, maybe that guy from Ryan Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, that that guy from uh, uh, Western Kentucky, uh, Forest Lamp. Lamp. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, then we know uh, Ken Robinson was supposed to be a beast, but uh, you know there's some issue there's some issues with him that scares that scares some teams away. So yeah, they may be a little skeptical looking at that, but I, it's got to be scouts out there that know better than that, man. They they know it, but I think they do know they do know that there's some talented dudes out there that can be built the linemen that can be built into to good linemen thing is there's a ticket clock and that clock is moving at, at light speed in the nfl is that they don't have time anymore to develop linemen you know rookies got to play immediately first year second year guys have to play immediately ain't no more a and r Ain't no more artist development like in the music industry where you bring that artist in like in the Motown days. You bring that artist in, you groom them, have them write songs on other people's albums, have them singing background, other people's stuff, and you just grooming them for two, three, four years, and then they be boom, then they become Diana freaking Ross. You know what I mean? They ain't got that no more. You know, they ain't got the luxury of that no more. So teams want immediate satisfaction. They want a guy to come in and be able to play they first year at worst, they second year are, you know, are they, are they contribute on special teams and the NFL, the tackle position, especially left tackle position in NFL is, is a premium position because like a cornerback, the tackle is on an Island, always on Island. Occasionally he'll do some double teams with a tight end or with a guard, but most likely teams don't want, you don't want to use your tight end as a blocker on passing. You want him out there because he's another he's another weapon and he's a, he's your quarterback's blanket. So you don't want to you don't want to have to keep your tight end to help your sorry ass tackle you know block that uh, superb premium pass rusher from getting your franchise quarterback ass ate up. 
and, and tore it up. So having a, a left tackle, and then, you know, if the quarterback is left-handed, it'd be a right tackle, but there's very few left-handed quarterbacks, starting left-handed quarterbacks in NFL. So left tackle is the premium, and it's insurance. That person protects your quarterback because that's their blind spot. They can, quote-unquote, feel a rush coming from that edge, but they can't see it. You know, they a quarterback can see the rush coming from front of them and to the right of them, and they can brace and protect themselves. But that blind side, uh, just like that whack ass movie, the name of that whack ass movie, that blind <laughs> side, you you need a guy that can play that position, and you know, and that's and there are very few guys in the NFL that can do it. Even the sorry guys, even the sorry ass uh, linemen are still getting love and still got to get a look because. Even that sorry ass lineman, if you don't like, he's still much better than a lot of cats out of there. So, yes, Russell Okun, all them other cats, all them tackles that you think are, you know, hell from the overration nation, you know, they're getting all this big money because they play a premium position where, you know what, they might not be that great, but they're a little bit better, <laughs> but they're better than the alternative. And that's what teams are doing. They're going out and overpaying these guys. So lucky for these guys that the market for them is great right now, and they're going out there and getting, getting these big contracts. All right, cool. <clears throat> Appreciate the breakdown of that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. All right. Here's some moves, man, by some teams that just got me scratching my head, man. It's just moves that I don't get. This is basically like – I forget that one rapper has that song. That's that stuff I don't like. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull that one out on this because these are these moves I don't like. And first of all, I'm going to start with them Buffalo Bills, man. And I know it's a new regime bringing in a new coach, Sean McDermott regime coming in here. But Buffalo Bills, man, here's my question to you. You have Sammy Watkins. You just lost Robert Woods. Who else do you have at the wide receiver position? I, I, I don't get it. We know Sammy Watkins. He can't stay healthy for a full season. He has the foot problems. And no knock on Sammy. I ain't got no beef with you. And I'm not going to throw no shots fired at you tonight on this show. But you might not be in the league much longer. And that's just due to foot. You know, you got bad feet, man. <laughs> I mean, you got them feet problems right now, man. And, you know, so what I'm saying is the Bills can't really count on him as the number one to stay healthy like that. We already know he, he has a world of talent. But I'm looking at that number two position, receiver position. You let Robert Woods go. So you bring in a guy by the name of Corey Brown from the Ohio State University, Chuck's alma mater. So you bring him in. He has 27 catches last year, 276 yards, and a touchdown. We're talking about one touchdown, just a touchdown. That's all he had. And then the other one you have is Walt Powell. Like who? Who? Corey Brown and Walt Powell are pretty much going to be your number one and number two receiver for the Bills uh, heading into what well, basically in this offseason. I know I, I know I said Sammy Watkins, but you can't count them. You see what I'm saying? So some point next year, <laughs> the Bills are going – if they don't address a wide receiver position in the draft, don't get Corey uh, Davis or Mike Williams in that first round, they're going to go in the season with Corey Brown and Walt Powell. And that and that's and that's a problem. And that's gonna be a problem. So and and that's one of my biggest issues I have with a lot of these teams, like especially, you know, my Giants and my Raiders. I see it happen every year. You know, last year my Giants went out, we took care of the defense, bam, they balled out, right? But I'm sitting here saying to myself, Can we get Eli some help on the edge? 
I mean, Eric Flowers didn't even move over the right tackle, you know? And guess what? The Giants don't even do that. And guess what happened all year long? Eli under pressure. Oh, Eli throws a pick. Oh, Eli didn't feel the heat. Didn't feel the pressure coming from the side, blah, blah, blah. You know, so what I'm saying is, man, a lot of these teams that have these critical holes at these critical positions, they need to do something about it. Or you're going to be talking about the same old issue the next following season, or you might not even make it the following season if your coach who's in their second or third year, because that might just be what do, 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 I mean, dude you in, you know? So with that being said, man, Bills, come on, man, in this draft, go get Corey uh, Davis or go get Mike Williams. Or uh, I don't know, make oh, a trade you know for they, somebody. You, you know they, you know they got their eyes set on Mike, uh, Mike Williams. You know they well, want we'll that, see. that that Clemson teammate, uh, our former, t- you know, teammate uh, story. Yeah, that's who they gonna, that's who they gonna get. I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. And another move I don't like, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals, man. You go, how you gonna let Andrew Whitworth? The tackle go, man. The Chuck, I know you're going to get on this real quick. I'll let you jump in because this is your team. But Andrew Whitworth, man, come on, Bengals organization. I understand about Kevin Ziegler, you know, Ziegler, uh, I could see him leaving, man. And, you know, he went and got paid. No, man, I hate him. Got $61 million, but I forget the guarantee money. I think it was like 26 or $27 uh, guaranteed million he got in Cleveland, which I can understand because he's going to be reunited with uh, his former offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson, who's the coach of the Browns. But Bengals, man. I mean, Andrew Whitworth for years. How many years, Chuck? Was it 12, 13 years he's been uh, protecting uh, the Bengals quarterback blindside? Is, is that right? 12 years, 13 years, something like that? Nah. I mean, he's been on our team 12, 13 years. But, no, okay. he's, played, he's played guard. He's played right tackle. You know, maybe mm, six, seven, eight years ago, he became the starting left tackle, you know, protecting the quote-unquote blindside. But he's played pretty much – he's played almost – pretty much every position on offensive line sets a center, you know. He's the most versatile lineman. I mean, I'm not going to get into it again because I think I went off last week, if I remember correctly. But, uh, you know, it, it was just a bad move all around by the Bengals. I mean, they, they disrespected the dude by not – I don't have anything with them drafting two tackles in the first round like they did when they got Cedric Abway and uh, Fisher – uh, that's not my issue. My issue is a guy like Whitworth, You, they kept on wanting to give him one-year extensions. So two years ago, they just, uh, here's your one-year extension, and then here's your one-year extension. Two years ago, you, you don't usher a dude, you don't do a dude like that. You know what I mean? Like the Patriots do people like that. But you don't do the heart and soul of your team, your mediocre team like that. And and bringing these two young guys and say, okay, these two young guys, we're going to give them one year, and then we ain't going to need you no more, Whitworth. You know, they should have gave him a, a freaking three-year deal two years ago. You know, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be an issue this year. And you know what? Say Cedric Abway, he and Jake Fisher came out, and they were like the best rookie tackles that's there, there ever been. And they were just starting from day one. All right, they could have started from day one. You know, they had to give Cedric away some time because he was coming off a knee knee injury. But even if they were the two best tackles and they just had to start, you could move Whitworth down to guard because that's where he started out. That's where he played. Matter of fact, I think guard was his best position. He was a beast at guard. Like, he was already a great – he's a great tackle. 
he he's gone up against some of the best pass rushers in this league and shut them down for the most part. Only gave up three sacks last year. But he was a monster at guard, especially in that run game. I mean, he'd be running people's asses over, moving people out the way. Um, back when we had Willie Anderson and, and Levi Jones and Whitworth was at guard, see, that was that running game was ridiculous. But to not think that far ahead where you said where Whitworth and Zeitler will both become free agents in the same year. Your two best linemen become free agents in the same year. Now, Zeitler, they approached him and tried to extend him, but Zeitler, like, before his last year, and Zeitler was like, yo, I know I'm good. I know I'm one of the best guards, so I'm just going to gamble on myself. I'm going to play on this last year contract and hit free agency and see what happens. Now, after they they saw that happen, they should have said, oh, let's wrap, let's wrap up Whitworth right now because we don't have any insurance. We're going to lose our two, our two best linemen going to be free agents in the same freaking year, unrestricted free agents in the same freaking year. So that was just stupid on their part, plain and simple, you, losing Whitworth. And I'm not mad at Whitworth at, at, in the least at one, not at all, because, I mean, he was a great lineman. And he, they offered, and the Rams offered him something that he could not refuse. And how can I hate on him anyway when I left Cincinnati for L.A. too? So, so I, you know, <laughs> so I can't be a hypocrite in that sense. But it was just like – you know, I read Bengals.com every day and Jeff Hobson over there. You know, you know, we don't give out too many, you know, too much props in terms of, you know, too much uh, publicity advertising on this show because we ain't getting paid for it. But I got to give a shout out to Jeff Hobson over at Bengals.com. I mean, he's an excellent writer and he has to take the blunt of the foolishness this, that this organization does year in and year out. They do some great things. They ain't like, you know, we ain't 2-14. and 14. We ain't the Browns. But uh, they, this organization does a lot of foolishness, but you know what? They Jeff Hobson make it look good. He put that he put that whipped cream icing on there. He put he just sprinkle it up, having it look good. Have you believe in it? Have you have it? Have you have hope for the season? But nah, it, it's just ain't no way you can say whatever you want to about these moves uh, with losing Andrew Whitworth. That was just dumb, retarded, stupid, whatever adjective you want to use. It just it didn't make no damn sense. And speaking about hope, I want to touch on like I said, this is my last one of the moves I don't like, and I want to go to Chicago, man. My my main man Mike Glennon, the new Bears quarterback. You know, uh, the team views him as their franchise QB for right now. For right now, we gotta see how he does. Um, but you lose Alshon Jeff. And who do you bring in to replace him with? You say, you know what, we're going to go over to that Steelers wide receiver core. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, Steelers wide receiver core, you know they ain't going to get Antonio Brown because he just signed to make a deal. Uh, We already know about Martavius Bryant. He coming off suspension. Who else they got on that team? Well, they got Darius Hayward Bay, but he's not a free agent. Oh, they got this number four wide receiver or number five receiver by the name of Marcus Wheaton. So I think we go go ahead and sign him to the Windy City. So you mean to tell me you let your best wide receiver go, and you're gonna go ahead and bring in Marcus Wheaton? Really? And you gonna give Marcus Wheaton the contract that Brandon Marshall got in New York that my Giants just gave him as well? So you mean to tell me you believe that Marcus Wheaton is on the same level <laughs> of a Brandon Marshall? So Mike Glennon is gonna have a Marcus Wheaton to throw to. 
And the Bears also brought in Kendall Wright, the former uh, Baylor uh, Bear wide receiver who was supposed to be uh, uh, that thing a few years ago, but he's pretty much been nothing. I mean, he's only given them about 40 catches a season, <laughs> and that doesn't equal up to his first-round draft status uh, that the Tennessee Titans drafted him a few years ago. So the Bears say, you know, we're going to go ahead and bring them in too. So I, I guess you Bears thinking that Marcus Wheaton and Kendall Wright are that two-for-one special, that Popeye's Tuesday <laughs> special <laughs> that you think they're going to go ahead and get the job done and, and uh, catch some good balls from Mike Glennon. Because when I look at this Bears receiving core, I'm seeing Kevin White. We already know about him. He's been having trouble staying healthy, so I'm not going to call Kevin White a bust because he's going in year three. And then you have Eddie Royal, pretty much slot receiver. And then you have Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton. So I'm just looking and I'm saying Bears still don't have a number one wide receiver. They have a number two, if you want to say Kevin White. Eddie Royal is like a slot. And then Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton, who get paid pretty good, got paid pretty good. That's what they do in free agent teams, overspend. And you mean to tell me that this receiving core is going to help out this young quarterback in Mike Glenn. I just don't see it, man. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't see it. But let's get into some moves that I do like. And I, I want to start off, man, in Cleveland, man. I got I got to go to the Browns, man. And and, and I know, Chuck, you're going you gonna to get your saying here in a second. I know, but we know that a team is built in the trenches. And we know that you overpay handsomely in free agency. We know that. We understand that. My Raiders did that last year when we paid all that money to uh, uh, Osmelli from the Ravens. And guess what? He went to the Pro Bowl this year. He was ranked in the top five as one of the best guards in the league. And, you know, he lived up to his contract. But the Browns, you know, this team had over $100 million in salary cap. So they had money to burn. Big up to Kirby and dead president. Money to burn. And they say, My boy you know Keith what? David. Shout out yep, Keith David. Rather known as Keith, yeah, better known as Keith David. But the funny thing about a bad organization is this. You had a great line a few years ago, but you let them walk out the door. The players walk out the door. You understand that? So now a couple years later, you try to repeat and get that line back to what it was a few years ago. And I understand that, Browns. I mean, that's just that's just what a bad, horrible organization does. <laughs> so the Browns say, you know what? We don't know who our quarterback is. We don't have a franchise QB on the roster right now. But if we go in this draft and take Mr. Trubisky at number 12 out of North Carolina, we can surround him and protect him with the great big wall that's being built in Cleveland. And the Browns went out, went out this uh, free agency, and they went ahead and got the young center out of Green Bay. J.C. Treader played great for Aaron Rodgers last year. Then we already talked about Kevin Zeitler, got him. Then they picked up center uh, Marcus Martin off waivers from San Francisco, good young um, center. So when you look at this offensive line, I mean, the left tackle, Joe Thomas, uh, and the left guard, Batino, then the center, Tratter, then Zeitler, right guard, and then Irvin, at right tackle. The Browns are actually having a nice wall up front. They're building something. Now you just got to get that quarterback. Hopefully they'll get in the draft. But I'm just saying, man, I like what they did. And I know, Chuck, you're going to jump on in here and say, but they pay way too much for a guard. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, sometimes, like, I always harp and jump on the Browns 
mostly because they deserve it. Oh, well, nine, nine out of ten times, they deserve it. And they've made some good moves this offseason. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and, and you know, go in it because they, they, they've done what they could to try to improve the team. At least with the moves they make, you say, okay, this is a team that wants to win. And they're going about it uh, the best way they can. Now, we know you had it you had it right. A great team is built in the trenches, but a great organization is built in the draft. So overpaying all these players right now, you got all this money, that's cool. Just because you had the money don't mean you have to spend it irresponsibly. You know, and I'm not saying that they're doing anything irresponsible just yet, but they overpaid. But in order to get one of the best guards in free agency to come to your sorry-ass team, you're going to have to overpay them, and that's what they did. And they got Zeitler there, and they already had Joe Thomas. Uh, but you know what? They let some other pieces walk away. You know, they – you know they who's the quarterback going to throw to? You know, where where your wide receivers at? Where well, they did bring in Kenny Britt, they did sign Kenny Britt, and then you know uh, Corey oh, let me, Coleman. Let me say that again. Well. Let me let me say that again. Where your wide receivers at? <laughs> <laughs> where your wide receivers at? You know, uh, you know, we we made fun of Terrell Pryor. I said this dude should have went to wide receiver when he came out the draft, when he came out of Ohio State. But he wanted to be hard headed and be arrogant, say I can play quarterback in NFL, which he did. He had a few years as a quarterback. And, you know, he said he refused to play wide receiver. And then when he went getting them paychecks no more, he was like, oh, shoot, I better, you know, I I better go, you know, go clean some houses or I might have to switch to wide receiver and get them NFL checks again. He came in and he showed he showed some little potential at at, at wide receiver. Y'all, and y'all put all that effort into him, building him up, and then you just let him walk out the door in free agency. So, uh, he said he do some good things, but then they go and do some bad things to help even it uh, to help you know even it out and overpaying Zeitler right now. That's the move to do right now. Uh, but will it hinder them in the future? Who is to say? But the Browns they're doing what they need to do to build a winning team uh, after being a sorry ass team. And you got to overpay and they spending that money. So I can't hate on that. Now what they need to do is they need to get a hit in this draft because they at least need three or four rookies to, to come out and be starters or to play very well or to be the number one back off, number one guy off the bench. So they're doing some things in free agency, but they gotta build, you got to build your team through the draft, so you better hit some, have some hits in this draft. All right. Chuck, I, I think I mean you was talking off air a couple of days ago, and I was telling you about an Eagles fan I ran into, and it's funny because I just ran into another Eagles fan today and, you know, he saw the back of my car because I got my Giants on there. But I know I'm a diehard Giants fan. And he said, oh, Giants fan, man. So what you think about the Brandon Marshall sign? I said, hey, man, I love it, man. We need a big, physical, mature wide receiver, man. That's what we need, a, a red zone threat. Throw the ball up because we had nothing but smart wide receivers last year. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you. But what do you think about our moves? I feel we got the greatest uh, wide receiver uh, uh, from from top to bottom roster in the league. And I say, you really do, huh? You really feel that way? He said, yeah, think about it. Our number one wide receiver we just picked up in free agency is Alshon Jeffrey. 
Carson Wentz to outshot Jeffrey. Oh, it's going, you're going to hear a lot about that this season. I said, okay, all right, that's not bad. And then think about our number two receiver. We have Jordan Matthews. You saw what he did last year, almost 1,000 receiving yards. Okay, you got another big wide receiver. Okay, cool. And then our slots guy we got now. We got Torrey Smith. And I looked at him like, dude, let me just stop you right there. You just said Torrey Smith, right? Yeah, he's going to be our new slot guy. He's the speedster. Who's going to catch him? I said, listen. You ain't got to worry about catching him because he can't catch the damn ball. Because <laughs> in San Francisco last year, he only had, what, 23, rece- 23 catches on the year? Come on, man. Ain't, ain't nobody worried about no damn Torrey Smith, man, you know? So they were like, yeah, we got Torrey Smith. And then number four, we got Nelson Aguilar. And don't forget about DGB, Dorian Green Beckham. So do you hear that, man? You hear that from top to bottom, man? We got the best receiver core in the league. Chuck, I just looked at him like, wow. I can't believe this guy is that amp because they got Torrey Smith, <laughs> DGB, you know, and Nelson Aguilar, who was great in college at USC, but he just can't hold on the ball. And then we already know about DGB, man. He's good for about one or two catches a game, big physical wide receiver who hasn't put it together. I, I still think, you know, he still has room to grow. I mean, uh, room to grow and improve because he's still learning how to be an NFL wide receiver. But, Chuck, man, I got to get your take on this, man. What do you think about this Eagles receiver core? I mean, they did get Alshon Jeffrey, and they got Torrey Smith. And then, like I said, you know, you got uh, Jordan Matthews coming back, who's pretty much, you know, their best receiver the last couple of years. And then you have Aguilar and then DGB. I think last year Eagles had one of the worst passing games in the league. And I think this upcoming season, I know we're six months away, from opening day, but I can say with confidence right now that they will again have one of the worst passing offenses <laughs> in the league. I mean, you bring in these two guys uh, that's supposed to be your starters with your second year quarterback. Uh, they have no chem. They have no chemistry. They've never played with Carson Wentz together. They never played with each other together. They never played with each other. Uh, they got to come in and learn a new system. Uh, and there you're supposed to be your top two or three wide receivers. And you have no – they have no chemistry together. You know, I guess right now they can meet up with Carson Wentz and go out at high school football field with shorts on and, and throw passes and stuff like that. But that stuff don't matter. Like, you got to do – you got to build it in practice and in games. Mm. So, I, I just don't – yeah, I, there's nothing to be excited over. Like you said, Torrey Smith, that dude was a bum in San Francisco. I mean, I guess he had a couple productive years when he was with the Ravens. He had some big plays, uh, big arm from Captain Checkdown. You know, that's where he used to launch the ball, and Torrey Smith would go get it. That's how he got that nice little contract in San Francisco. He didn't produce. Now he's on to another team, fooled them, thinking he's going to produce there. He's not. Uh, he might he might put them burners on, but once that ball get there, that ball gonna go slip right through them fingers. Uh, Alshon, you know Alshon Jeffries, you know, uh, good player, hasn't been up to his potential yet. So, uh, but now he's with a new quarterback, a young quarterback. So, you know, we'll see. Jordan Matthews, solid guy, solid guy, but. You know, last year they were the worst passing leagues, uh, were the worst passing teams in the league, and, they, and bringing in these two guys 
through free agency ain't gonna change that one iota. Not one iota. But you know what? They're trying. But you know, Philadelphia Eagles fans, they could they could be excited if they want to. Drink the Kool-Aid, you know, drink drink the taste of Kool-Aid, you know, if it makes you feel better. But I ain't so your passing off is gonna stink next year too. And I like right. Carson Wentz. And I like Carson Wentz. Nick, you know, I was talking. I, I said that was my favorite mm-hmm. quarterback coming out the draft last year, and he and he balled out. They went seven and nine with a rookie quarterback in the uh, NFC East. That division was tough. Yeah, I mean that mm-hmm. division was freaking tough. And they ended and they and you know they finished last in the division, but they still were right. able to go seven and nine. So, you know. Whatever. All right, let me get this in real quick. Uh, we got about 50 seconds left on the show. I just want to say I do like what the Colts have done this offseason, getting Jabal Sheard and uh, outside linebacker, former Texan, John Simon. These guys will bring toughness to this defense that's been lacking. But on that note, fans, next week we will continue the free agency, uh, week two, um, breaking down uh, uh, moves that have been made by your team and some head scratchers. And Nick's going to continue his moves. I do like and moves I don't like. All right. On that note, fans, we will see you next week. If you missed the show live, go to iTunes. Look for the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. And one last thing, guess what? Players get cut every day, B. You be all right, B. You be all right. <laughs> <laughs>